Hey, Lee, what if you could go back in time? Where would you go? Oh, you know, I think I'd go back to like 2006. You know, the days of like girl jeans and like faux, like faux hawks. Yeah, I, I think I'd go back to that. Oh, yes. Those good old American Idol days, my man. Well, what if you could go back to the very first episode of Beyond Terrestrial? Ooh, that's a better idea. Ooh, wait, wait, wait are, what are we, are we covering, are we covering simulation theory? Reset the sim, Lee, we're gonna do it again. Roll the tape. to Beyond Terrestrial. This is Lee coming to you from the Haunted Barn Studios in the Bell Witch's backyard. And I've got my partner in crime here, Dan. You know, Dan the Man Martson. And he is coming to you just down from the crossroads where Robert Johnson made his deal with the devil. And today, what are we talking about, Dan? Lee, we're going to talk about reality. And we're going to talk about whether or not it's all just a simulation. Oh, we covered that. We just discussed this in the cold open. We've actually covered this one before. We are revisiting simulation theory. You know how there's rewatch podcasts, Lee? Well, this is our very first re-listen podcast. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So... Um, but there's actually been uh, some science come out about the idea of simulation theory and whether or not we could be living in a simulation. Or I should say, <laughs> I should say, Lee, the simulation hypothesis. Uh, it doesn't really rise to the level of a theory as there's no evidence to support the idea. So we really should say simulation hypothesis. But if you catch us saying simulation theory, uh, we really mean hypothesis. So now I've got to say simulation hippopotamus all the time? Yeah, it doesn't really roll off the tongue quite the way simulation theory does, does it? No, it doesn't. Hippopotamus. Well, guess what? It's a, hy- <laughs> it's a hypothesis and you better call it a hypothesis. <laughs> That's how science works. Science. Rigid. (laughs) Rules. Structure. (laughs) All right. The scientific method. The simulation hypothesis. Dan has done a little bit of research into some of the... uh, I'm like cracking my knuckles, waving my arms, trying to think of what I'm thinking. Think of what I'm trying to say. Some of the new new science that's come out about this idea. The new science that's come out about this idea. And he's going to school me on the reason why we are not in a simulation. It's going to take a lot to convince me, Dan. I saw the Matrix. (laughs) And you took the red pill, too, didn't you? I took the red pill. You totally took the red pill. You are, like, deep in it, Lee. So, <laughs> so guys, if you haven't listened to the very first episode of Beyond Terrestrial, go back, check it out. It's really good. It's actually one of the episodes that got me really into the show, to be honest. Man, I'm glad you got into it. 
Mike. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Lee and Mike go off, um, and it's a really deep subject, uh, one that was pretty tough for you guys to take on in the very first episode, Lee. Put your mind back, back there for one moment and just describe to us the very first show, if you would. Man. Um, the very first show was overwhelming. I think we mentioned it in the first show. Like it was, we had, had no idea how to do a podcast. And so we are recording ourselves talk about this thing, simulation theory, and how I'm trying to remember now because um, I am great at research. I didn't even listen to, I didn't even re listen to my show. Like I should have, but I didn't. Um, cause of my- oh, I did twice. I'm glad you did. <laughs> We, we are talking about how Elon Musk, you know, old Uncle Elon, has mentioned in some of his previous things that he thinks that it's possible we could be in a simulation. And then we really got into how there is some th- there's some evidence that it could be like struck like things down in molecular scale could be structured in a similar and like similar to a binary setup you know computer language and then we also just expanded on that and into how that could cross over how different uh dimensions could just be different simulations playing on the same computer base man it was really deep and honestly it was kind of overwhelming like there's only been three episodes that have really messed with my head. Simulation theory was probably one of the most. It really got me like kind of paranoid for a little bit. And then um, the Cannibal Killers, that was one that messed with me. That one's still yeah, that one. With that me. one's freaky. Yeah, dude. Ooh, I don't like that stuff, especially when like the victims are kids. I can't stand oh, that yeah. stuff. Now that I'm a parent, man, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh. What was the third one? Man. <laughs> I call I called you out on your ability to count to three, Lee. Here you, you go. You did call me out on my ability to count to three. <laughs> Honestly, it was probably the Bigfoot one, and it didn't really mess with my head as much as started me down my thought process of could this be interdimensional? Because in that one, I had just gotten off of the of the um, simulation train, and I'm already kind of like in this multi-dimension, multi-program. Um, state of mind and then we went into all of the different Bigfoot different types of Bigfoot hairy hominids that are out there or that are reported out there and it really just kind of came down to me beginning to wonder is it possible that whether it's different programs whether it's different dimensions or whether it's just some something outside this plane of reality could these Bigfoot like creatures be somehow entering into our plane of reality back out of our plane of reality and that's why there's very little evidence of them well lee like i said i listened to this show twice believe it or not in your own intro for yourself you mention interdimensional bigfoot in the first episode in the first episode son you've been on this one for a while oh man I thought, dude, I thought it was episode two when I got onto that. Like, I must have been thinking about that before. We did, the, we no. recorded both those episodes right around the same time, though. I don't know. Here's a little insight to the listeners on the um, how podcasting works. Um, we sat down, and sometimes we record two, three episodes at a time, but then they release like weeks later. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
just so you guys are aware, like Dan knows this because Dan's sitting here with me. But um, in case some of our listeners were wondering, occasionally there's a time machine effect. Um, we may have recorded the Bigfoot episode before the simulation theory episode. I don't even know at this point. Dan, it's been three years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys, well, feels you like guys give years. an intro for it because it was the first episode and you had this one planned out as the first one. So you introduce yourselves. And yeah, dude, you dropped the interdimensional Bigfoot theory. So it's been rattling around in that brain of yours for a while, my man. Is this, Hey, does this count as a theory, Dan, or is this a hypothesis as well? Oh, no, it's totally a hypothesis. Yeah. I mean, okay. to you, it's a theory. But to, <laughs> to everyone else, it's a hypothesis. Um <laughs> It's my but, interdimensional Bigfoot hippopotamus. Yeah, yeah. So let's um, let's get away. We'll talk about the science a little bit, and then we'll get back to the metaphysical, philosophical stuff that uh, you and Mike talked about. So, Lee, the science. Are we living in a simulation? Yes. Now, the, this is this is a very difficult to guess you have to make some assumptions right one is that the evidence that we see for the universe being real is not in fact simulated right yeah i mean if if there was a simulator out there why would why wouldn't they simulate the evidence of reality to make the simulation seem as real as possible but then if you believe that the universe is a simulation you also have to make assumptions one, that consciousness can be simulated because we don't fully understand what consciousness is. Two, that someone would actually want to simulate us, right? <laughs> um, which, which might be the biggest stretch of all. And uh, three, that reality itself can be simulated. So let's look at that third one, whether or not reality can be simulated, because that's what scientists are actually trying to look at. And there, there was a paper published in Science Advances Journal by a couple of scientists whose names I'm going to butcher here. Hold on. Zohar Ringel of Oxford University and Dmitry Kovrizen, Kovrizen of the Hebrew University of Israel. Pretty the sure. The old H, H-U of I. <laughs> pretty sure if you ask Chris Cogswell, he knows him. <laughs> um, hey, Lee, okay, this is a side note. If you were going to guess what the Hebrew University of Israel's sports mascot is, what do you think it would be? Griffin. Ooh, that's actually a pretty good one. Wow, I was not going to come with that. That was that was great. I'm proud of myself on that one. It just came to me, too. Was it right? Wow. Like, do you know? No, I don't know. Oh. Uh-uh. I was, I was just going to riff on it. Yeah. Dude, I think Griffin, man. Like I think it's the perfect thing for that. I don't know why, but it's the perfect like to me it's perfect. If that's not the mascot, that's what it should be and we should start writing them letters to see if they'll change it. <laughs> all right, listeners, we need your help. Please, let's write all 400 of you like <laughs> Please send it out there. And who knows, maybe maybe they don't even have sports teams. I don't know. That's but true. you know what? We'll we'll find out afterwards. We'll see. I mean, um, Boise State yeah. doesn't have really any sports teams, but you know, I mean, of quality. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, do not, do not mention <laughs> Boise Junior College in my presence ever again, please, Lee. Dude, I was making a joke. I was, I was insulting them, Dan. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, I don't even want to hear it. 
Um, <laughs> those of us, those are us of us who are fans of the University of Idaho, Idaho's flagship institution of higher learning. Those of us who are fans of that institution know about tradition and, uh, you know, I don't know. I lost where I was going. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We, we understand your passion. <laughs> we are committed. Yes, we are committed. Win or lose, we still got booze. Mostly we lose. are all in. Yeah, pretty much all the time, loosely. <laughs> but, but but we, we are in it. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a family. The Vandal family is very strong. Go Vandals! <laughs> but okay, so I'm sorry, Dan. Where were we? I at? apologize. Uh, so <laughs> this is Dan and Lee talk about sports for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, um, Lee, what? You don't. You're not really. You've never struck me as a sports guy, dude. I'm not. I'm not at all, but no, I'm not. It's like once once in a while you'll take in a little sports ball with the guys just for a testosterone boost. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I'm like, football. Yeah. America. America, football. You eat, you eat, some, you eat some red meat or like a couple hot dogs and yeah. there you go. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Right. I don't hate watching football. I just, if, if it was a choice between football and ancient aliens... I pick Ancient Aliens, even though I know that Ancient Aliens is a crock full of bullshit. You're a weird guy, Lee. But, um, <laughs> you know, see, now here's a question. Why would someone want to simulate that? We don't really know. A crock full of bullshit? That's kind of odd. We do it all the time. Yeah, you what, ever played World of Warcraft? What, what's the point of simulating all of all of our modern reality and all its eccentricities. I'm not quite sure. There's a couple theories out there and we'll get to those uh, when we get to the metaphysical, but back to the science Lee talking real science here. Hey, do you think I could get away with a sound clip from, um, I think it's weird science where the guy's just like science. I'm not back in five minutes. Just wait longer. <laughs> um, yeah, that should be fair, right? Should we give her a break? Yeah, we can play chess with her. Chess? Every time you every time you say science, I'm just like that guy screams over top. Science! <laughs> Uh, well, let me let me blind you with a little science here. This Lee. is a really awkward right. episode. I'm sorry, Dan. Like I'm I'm in a yeah. weird ass headspace, but I feel bad. I'm like no, I'm not upset anymore. Like. <laughs> What the fuck up, Donnie? Dude, we're going to go off the rails, then we're going to go back on, then we're going to go off again. This is the beyond terrestrial model that you've all come to know and love. Um, <laughs> but um, Zohar Ringel and Dmitry Kovrizin, they published their paper, which you can read, but I don't think most people who don't have advanced degrees in science or quantum mechanics could understand um, did you read it, it is i i looked at it i was i was trying to read the abstract right because the abstract is the part of the paper at the beginning that kind of sums it up yeah exactly um so i was trying to read that and i'm just like i don't know what they're talking about but good for them yeah, fuck it dude let's go bold 
<laughs> so a couple science journalists have written a couple of pieces, and uh, we'll link to the articles that we used in the show notes. But essentially, the most simple version of it is they were using what they call quantum Monte Carlo experiments, which is essentially an equation that you can use to get probabilities about particles and their quantum mechanics. I know, pretty crazy. So is there is there they, a sound for that dead stare when you kind of got you lost the me. cricket chirps? There the you go. Chirps. You lost me, Dan. Like, <laughs> I need a soundboard, dude. Like, well, okay. So, all right, you know Monte Carlo, right? Like the the famous casino in Monaco. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, essentially, you're trying to figure out the probability that a particle does X, Y, or Z. It's spin, it's orientation, it's charge, blah, 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 blah. All these different features. Okay. All right? All these different quantum features of a particle. So. Sexy. In their, thank you, in their research, they figured that it would take one terabyte of RAM, of memory, to store all the information about 20 spins of a single particle. That's a crazy computing number. Yes, yes. And it involves the matrices that all this information goes in and how it is computed. Essentially, if you were going to simulate all of reality, which is a lot, um... (laughs) (laughs) It would bigger than a Walmart. It, yeah, for sure. It would take an impossible amount of computing power as we understand it currently. Um, I thought they were in discussions about like, or they're working on like quantum computing. Would that be something that would be more capable of producing that kind of level? Do you have any idea? Um, it would be again. Based on our understanding of classical computations, I don't think it's it's doable. I mean, you're talking about every particle in the universe trying to simulate that. Just that amount of information could not be done in any way that we know of right now. Okay. So. Batman can do it. Yeah. Well, the Bat computer can do anything. <laughs> um, it's, it's a deus ex machina. So <laughs> for the story. But that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, quantum computing has a ton of potential because it moves you beyond the one and the zero, right? Right now, we're just talking about whether a particle is charged or positive, negative, boom, 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 as it goes through these gates. Yes or no. Everything's yes or no. Quantum computing opens up a lot of possibilities. Go with so yeah lee that's that's the gist of it um right now we can't think of a way to simulate that much reality of course there's a possibility that if you were running a simulation you would think it'd be simpler not to simulate the entirety of the universe but only what people are seeing okay so you're kind of saying rather than simulate everything you only focus on the stuff that is being taken in by each individual person is that correct? right exactly 
Yeah, because that way you could simulate the evidence for reality, which is a way to make your simulation more real. Um, And also you could save a lot of computing power because not everyone is looking at Star Zebulon Beta 47 with its thousands of particles and nuclear fusion, um, you know, the billions of red dwarfs that exist out there. It wouldn't make sense to simulate at all just what people are looking at, like in a video game. As long as the Matrix exists, the human race will never be free. Exactly. They only focus on that portion of the reality that's needed. Yeah, but again... To simulate reality and make it real down at the level of particles, that's uh, that's a big ask. That would take a lot. Why, oh why didn't I take the blue pill? It just seems very unlikely that we would be living in a simulation. But if we get a little metaphysical, the chances can go up dramatically. Okay, so... One thing that I was going to say is if we are essentially, I I read it best at one point, we are essentially brains piloting mech suits made up of bone and skeleton or in meat right it, it makes uh-huh. sense like yeah. really the what what makes us us is our brain is what we're intaking uh-huh. in into our mind as far as uh-huh. as far as like our mind doesn't care like if it's getting those impulses it's going to see that we have or that we're receiving something if it's getting all the right impulses so could it be that we're just being like you said that, that it's just focusing on what people are looking at could it 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 may not even have to actually create that image, I guess I, I would say. It just has to create the illusion of the image, if that makes any sense at all. Am I crazy? Like- right, right. Well, and that's that's kind of more of the Matrix type idea, where like Neo is a person, and he's being fed information into his brain. But for the simulation hypothesis, all of our consciousnesses are simulations. Like, you, me... What you think of as you is simulated. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're all meat sacks with uh, brains in our head that think, and all this thinking is essentially just an electrical impulse that's fed into your brain by other systems. So, yeah, I mean, could it could it be that the simulation is feeding you certain stuff? Yeah, it's possible. That's the only way that I would think of it'd be possible for the world and reality as we know it to be simulated is if the evidence for reality is also simulated. Okay. All right. Do you think we're even interacting with each other or you're just a simulation in my reality and maybe vice versa? Well, see Lee, that's, uh, this is why I come down very strongly in the idea that, uh, reality is in fact real, uh, that this is not a simulation. Because what what would be the point of it if it wasn't real? Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. It would ju- it would just make life seem so pointless to me. And I know I'm in my head, and I know you're in yours, and I assume everyone else is in their head too <laughs> because they're all humans. Dude, from my right? recent experience, I don't think they are. Mm, I don't know, man. You're right. People get crazy. Sorry. But that's all that's all them in their head going bonkers for toilet paper or whatever, whatever crazy things in demand at the minute. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now, Lee, again, I come down very strongly in this camp that I believe reality is real. And there's a couple of other reasons, too. Some of these assumptions, one is that consciousness can be simulated, right? Okay. I mean, maybe. Maybe it's possible. I know you and Mike talked a lot about AI and a lot of the advances that have been made in that field right now. Uh huh. But a lot of times when guys are talking about AI, they're really talking about machine learning, which is a little bit different than a machine being like self-aware. Okay. Explain. So essentially you can teach a machine with algorithms to do something really, really well, and especially if it's repetitive. And as time goes on and you can give it more and more data, and in this era of big data, we are vastly improving these machines, but you can get them to interact with humans even better too, um, and to do more and more human-like things. But really, it's just, it's the computer emulating what people do through an algorithm, it's not actually thinking. Well, but isn't it kind of thinking? Because it's got to take in that information, process it, choose the best course of action, whether it's emulating. I mean, it sounds like just a psychopath to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, essentially. Uh, imagine a person who has nothing in their brain but is able to watch hundreds of thousands, millions of different interactions, right? Eventually... Uh, would probably be able to pretty accurately recreate those interactions in a way that you would say, oh, wow, you know, that's human. It might even fool you. But, you know, I, if, I, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? I do get what you're saying. I just imagined, like, Dexter or, like, like all of those, like, really psychopathic, like, people that have almost no emotions. And their emotion that they have is, like, basically what they've seen people or, or, or the, it's, like, extreme one way or another. Maybe I'm... Yeah. Well, and you know what? Now that you meant... Yeah, serial killers are a pretty good analogy, right? They're messed up in the head. They don't feel the same way that a lot of people feel. You know, you and I would feel bad about gutting a person like a fish, right? Um, they don't. But when you walk by them on the street, they can pretend to be like you and me, right? There we go. Now we've tied in the, yeah. the, the serial killer thing. So great. Right. We're right on path for me to just now, have nightmares. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I have an Alexa well, um, and now I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the machine doesn't have a soul, right? It doesn't care about the nature of reality, right? It just needs to be plugged in and perform its functions. So this this higher thinking that you and I are talking about is completely, this abstraction right now is totally beyond a machine. It might be able to mimic what we do, but right now it's not really, you know, a machine thinking on its own. You know, as machines become better at mimicking humans, it becomes a lot more difficult to determine when they become like truly conscious. Yeah, that's a scary thought. Yeah, dude. You watch Westworld? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I watched dude. it. I, I don't have HBO anymore, but I, I did watch it for quite a while. And it, it's kind of, like I, I don't know. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, I, this I is... Watched, I think I watched the first and maybe second season of it. It was good. Well, I've been, I've been watching the third one, and it's also really good. Aaron Paul killing it. Oh, um, he's in there now? Yeah, dude. So. My favorite character on that was the... Oh, he was the... He's always like a weird skeezy guy, but in this ep in this one, he's kind of like kind of the nice guy, but he's still kind of skeezy. You know which one I'm talking about, right? 
He comes on with his rich, like, brother-in-law or soon-to-be brother-in-law comes in and his rich, soon-to-be brother-in-law is just trying to get laid the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy who plays William, yeah. Yep, yep. In everything Uh I've seen him in, he's always been, like, some sort of skeezy character, but I like him. Yeah, he was good. But, yeah, dude, check it out. Third season, it's going to be killer. So, yeah, Lee, again... I don't. I don't think. I don't think it would be possible for a machine to emulate human consciousness. I just can't picture that reality right now. The other thing is that someone would actually want to simulate us. Now, this one actually makes a little bit of sense. Imagine, if you will, Lee, a future of humanity: ten thousand, twenty thousand, a hundred thousand years in the future right maybe records of our time have been lost who knows maybe there's something that happens in between now and a far distant future where we have super advanced computing capabilities where they would be like hey let's go back and simulate that let's try and create a model of the past to try and determine what happened See, and and I'm with you on that. Uh, I also look at that as potentially to test different scenarios on different history or different, like, people groups. Like, granted, we're not at that point yet, but just to to test, like, okay, so if... uh, if we introduce this thing, if we introduce this this virus that does this, how are how are how would human beings react? Mm. We've created this thing that would uh, that is as close to us as possible. They may not be quite as advanced as us, but we'll give them we'll, we'll test how they're going to react to kind of think about how we'd react if it happened to us or something like that. Right, right. The only thing is, you'd think we'd be a lot more advanced would... at that time. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, They'd want us so to- trying to figure out X, Y, or Z and how we would react would be very different than how a super advanced civilization that could simulate reality would react. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I'm with you on that. Unless we're but pets. let me let me throw out a different what about scenario. Tamagotchi yeah. things. Like we're just their Ooh, pets. See, now I'm I'm actually picking up on this, Lee. Imagine we talked about the Drake equation, right? Yeah. And one of the scary things about how long a civilization might last. Imagine that we have not got to the great filter yet, right? A super advanced civilization comes to visit Earth after humanity has wiped itself out and they want to figure out what we were like. The only issue I've got with that is how would they define what we were like, essentially? Does that make sense? I'm going through our data, man. Okay. Yeah. All all your Facebook posts. Shit. Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brain scans, DNA, maybe there's some kind of ancestral memory that does exist. I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, so we could be like a uh, a virtual zoo to the aliens, man. Now, now here's the thing where the probability comes back into it a little bit. If we were a simulation and that reality could be simulated, it would actually make a lot of sense that there would be more simulations than there are like prime realities, and so the odds of us being in a simulation would vastly increase. Yeah, so essentially you're saying that there's likely only one actual reality, and then within that actual reality, there could be 
4,000, 4 trillion simulations being created by different species out there. Exactly, especially if they had unlimited computing power. Now, Lee, we've been talking about this for a hot minute. I think we should probably take five. Let's take a break. Okay. All right, and we're back. Dan, if we were in a simulation, what would you wish for right now for the programmers to drop into your lap? Ooh, wow, that's a good one. Hmm, I don't know. Ooh, I was going to say like a million dollars, but that's probably actually surprisingly heavy. How about a how about a blank check from Bill Gates? Perfect. I like it. A blank check from Bill Gates. How about just uh-huh. a signed check for a million dollars from Bill Gates? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, there you go. Much better than uh, the cash, which would probably leave a pretty good bruise on your thigh. Yeah, you took that really literal. Like, I, like right in your lap right now. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, that's the, well, the, you said in my lap, and so I, that's where I went with it. No, I'm following you. I'm with you. Okay. All right, Dan, back to why uh-huh. we are not in a simulation. So, yeah, um, we've talked about some of the assumptions. One, can reality be simulated? I don't really think so. Can consciousness be simulated? I also land on no. Um, Would someone want to simulate us? I could think of a couple good reasons why. (laughs) So So we're checking off one of three boxes. That's one third. That's one one third. Yeah. You know what? That's Um, better odds than Joe Exotic had in the Ohio governor race. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, dude. God, I love that show. Oh, Oklahoma. Sorry, Oklahoma gubernatorial race. Yeah, Oklahoma, dude. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down. Oh, sorry. And the tigers are free to pee on people. Um, but there was something. Now, Mike brought up uh, this symposium that you guys watched that was moderated by Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. When you guys did the first episode, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't remember them. I, I remember uh, watching something. I, I don't remember any. Man, I am a terrible co-host, Dan. I'm <laughs> basically hosting this show. I just edit it yeah. and make sarcastic-ass yeah. well, comments. No, no, you got it, man. <laughs> um, so one of the things that Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about when he talks about aliens or advanced civilizations in general is the difference between us and chimpanzees is like 2% of our DNA, right? Yeah. And that 2% difference accounts for essentially all of human civilization. Language, self-awareness, love, I mean, everything. Architecture, space travel, television, you know, the Tiger King. Hmm. All of it is in that 2%. Um, I don't think the Tiger King's in that 2%. (laughs) You know what? Maybe he's not. Um, but all all of that all of that difference that we see between us and the animals is in there. What if that two percent went the other way? Imagine someone that's more advanced than us by that amount. To them, we'd be blithering idiots, just completely. Wait, what are you talking about? To me, we're blithering idiots. So like. <laughs> <laughs> or at least i am yeah like, man yeah that's the difference I, dude um, i get it like that's that is 
that is really crazy. Like if you think, like we think of chimpanzees when we're only that much different than them, a more advanced species would look at us as zoo animals at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we would be nothing to them. So if there is some kind of super advanced civilization out there uh, that has decided to simulate us, um, you know, good for them. More power to you. But the question then becomes, does it really matter? Like, does it matter if reality is a simulation? To you and me, it's real enough. So shouldn't we just go live the best simulated lives that we can? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything about it not being, you know, life not being precious. I'm happy that we're simulated. You know, I'm happy that we're we're here. We're doing this. We're enjoying our time. Yeah. Well, and then scientifically, it wouldn't really matter either. Like to a scientist who's trying to understand reality, you know, he's out there doing the best he can. Sure. Maybe he's all being fed simulated information. But, you know, at least the effort's noble. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? And I got, I know I got into this during the simulation theory episode. If we are in a simulation, to me, it just makes as much sense as there being an almighty God. There's an mm-hmm. almighty programmer. Yeah. And that is a big part of the metaphysical discussion around the simulation hypothesis is its relationship to religion. Because it is a quasi-religious idea that there was someone out there with some kind of advanced power that decided to simulate all of reality, whether it's future humans or highly advanced aliens to create an entire reality for us that parallels to uh, creation myths are undeniable. Yeah, I, I absolutely get that. Like it really does. There's no denying the fact that there's a connection there and I also like that it allows for some more of that. Today, Junior! That way nobody's wrong. I'm sorry to say, but you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and you know, uh, this is something you hear all the time when people talk about religions. They're like, oh, there's truth in all of them, right? There's truth in all of them. Like, <laughs> that's what spiritual people say. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if there's truth in all of them (laughs) Um, some of them are pretty nuts Um, so I would not I would not describe I would not describe certain aspects of religion as truth so let me ask you a question do you define crystal healing as like a religion or not ooh um I don't know. I, I mean, people have been pushing for Wicca to be, you know, a recognized religion for a long time. And uh, Satanism is. And I'm ordained in the Church of Bacon. So, I mean, I guess. Yeah. But that's one of those I, ones that, like, reli- I would say was crazy. Like, <laughs> I would be willing to go oh, out no, on a limb and say, crazy. like, if that was a religion, that's crazy as shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. Some religions incorporate this sort of stuff into it. Yeah. They're all about it. The laying on of hands, very big in a lot of religious practices, even modern Christian practices. Yeah, or or laying it on the TV and, like, curing the corona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I said, call me old-fashioned. I want a good slap in the face when I get healed. And there's how you Uh, do a callback. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't quantify crystal healing as a religion in itself. It's definitely spiritual, but it doesn't have the structure that a religion uh, would require. All right. Yeah. 
Religions have structure. They have a hierarchy. They have a theology. They have a dogma. This is all very important for a religion. For a spiritual belief, you can just come up with any batshit thing you want. My testicles have three eyes and can tell the future. (laughs) And if you hold on to them, you might have the power of foresight, too. (laughs) Oh, Dan. I'm going to tell that to you can, later. You can channel that. <laughs> you can channel that straight from my balls. <laughs> yeah, see? Again, uh, you can just come up with anything, right? I love um, that, Dan. Okay, Lee. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Hold on. We're Here we're going off the rails. This is it. Have I told you about the church that I want to start? No. Yeah, dude. I got an idea for a church. Okay. It's called the First United Church of Ethanol. Okay. All right. And we're gonna we're gonna worship alcohol. Okay. I I've already nominated myself as the first pope, of course. Okay. Because I came up with it. God prophet damn it. or pope? You want to be a prophet or a pope? Pope. No. I, oh, I'm a pope. I'm full on okay. the pope. All right. So we have a holy trinity: beer, wine, and spirits. Okay. Right. I like it. And our church is actually going to be a bar. Okay. Right? So you come in, and then you pay for your drink with a suggested donation in air quotes right (laughs) and now you've just started a tax-free bar no and here's the best part in those counties um like for example the county i'm currently in and many of the counties in idaho those counties that are dry on sunday they can't be dry on sunday if sunday is our holy day of worship day of worship yeah the sabbath I mean, every day could be the Sabbath. Well, yes, yes, right? but I'm saying we uh, make it that w- day. Like, whatever day is your dry day in the particular area that you are, like, that's <laughs> that's your... Yeah, you would, never have to, you would never have to stop serving. I mean, you just do whatever you want. You could, you could brew your own, you could distill your own, and you wouldn't have to pay any taxes on it. It'd be the best way to sell illegal moonshine you could ever think of by calling it a church. I love it. I love it. Oh, Dan. And that's that's my idea, and no one else can take it. Trademark. 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 <laughs> I called dibs on that. So, um, anyways, Lee, yeah, um, you and Mike touched on a lot of the religious implications, but now I'm going to start doing some more callbacks to that first episode, Lee. Okay. Uh, because there's a couple things that I really, that I noticed that I want to talk about. One Hold on, Dan. Is that, Not to interrupt you, I apologize. Um, but I think before we get started on the callbacks to the next episode, we should take a quick break. Oh, you're going to make me cut it off right now. Give all our listeners blue balls. I am. For what happened I am. back in the day. But, you know what? Let's do but, it. Take five but, but, and we'll be right you, back. Really quick. If you really need to, you can always hold my balls and see what we're going to talk about later. <laughs> oh, 30 seconds from the future. Do you want to know what's going to happen? <laughs> Touch Lee's testicles to find out. And we're back. So, Lee, uh, for those of our listeners who weren't able to see the future through your magic balls, uh, <laughs> we are talking We are talking about callbacks to the very first episode of Beyond Terrestrial. We are throwing it back to the good old days, the old Mike and Lee days. Shout out to Mike, uh, who was a cool dude. Here's one of the things that I think we're really missing out on, Lee. Capes. Oh, do you know... 
Yes, Dan. I miss Mike's cape days. Like, I, I really do. You haven't worn a single cape this whole time. It's not me. It's Dan or it's Mike that wore the capes. Am I, yeah, am I the I new know. Mike? You didn't keep it going. <gasps> you let it die. You let oh, it die, Lee. man. <sighs> Dang it. Shame. Shame on you. Don't ever let me forget if he's ever a guest on the show again <laughs> or ever comes back to the show. That is the first thing we talk to him about is his cape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That was that was one of the best parts. <laughs> that was that was like an endless source of fun. <laughs> it was always stupid, but I yeah. loved it. Now, now here's another one, Lee, that I think actually ties into our subject a little oh, bit. Okay, better. perfect. Now, Mike tells a VR story where he went and did uh, like played Oculus or PlayStation, whatever VR, uh-huh. and was so into it and played for so long. That when he left the virtual reality, the world just seemed a little bit off to him uh, for a while. Okay, yeah. Now, I don't know if you've heard, Lee, but some people who get really into hallucinogens have the same experience. Have you ever heard about this? Well, um, I've heard of drug-induced schizophrenia that, like, messes their head up to a point where they're, they're like, literally schizophrenic. Yeah, dude, it totally happens. Some people who have done strong enough trips on drugs like, you know, DMT or PCP or I don't know, whatever. I don't know anything about hallucinogens. (laughs) Yeah. They get so deep into these hallucinations that when they come down, they reject reality. Okay. So are are you saying that, like, Mike may have had, like, a a mild case of that? Uh, Well... I mean, not quite. I mean, you and I have both done uh, VR. You know how sometimes mm-hmm. you can go. Heck, sometimes you can go into a movie theater and when you come out, you feel different, right? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I did. Uh, I did one in a um, an IMAX 3D, and that one messed with me. Like, it really felt like there was. Um, I was watching. I think it was Wrath of the Titans. Wasn't really. Dude, war- are we talking about Clash of the Titans? Yep. Oh no, the Wrath sequel. of the Titans was the. Sequel. And there was a, there was a scene where oh. there was like flames, and yeah. um, like I think you were in Tartarus or something like that. Um, Tartarus is hell. Um, for those of you that didn't know, in the Greek mythology, so there was like 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 they were in, and then it, like there was like flames, like little embers floating around me. Oh, you know what? I kind of remember that now. Yeah. Okay. Now. Do you recall? Did you go see Avatar in 3D when it came out? No, I didn't. I did not. Best 3D I ever saw by far. Really? Hands down. Oh, yes. Yes. It was transformative when I came out of the theater, but like I was excited about it. It was so good. Mm hmm. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, we've all had that experience to a certain degree, but when you start introducing mind altering drugs, you can completely wreck your perception of reality. Okay. So it's a thing. It happens. I've heard, I've heard that it happens. I don't know. I haven't seen any real research. So Dan, I'm going to call you out here. Are you accusing my former co-host of doing mind altering substances? No, maybe. Why did you no. say that with a question mark? <laughs> no. no, no, no. Like I said, uh, like I said, his experience just reminded me of those stories of people who get so deep into a different reality that when they come back to 
actual reality, they reject it. Okay. I'm with you. All right. Which, as virtual reality becomes more advanced, um, you know, we talked about watching Westworld and stuff, uh, people could get sucked into that fake version. Um, I mean, you've seen all kinds of things. Ready Player One. Um, I think there was a Bruce Willis movie about it where the... I don't know. There's been a bunch of different movies uh, where people can get sucked into virtual lives and begin to reject the real one. Was it Total Recall? No, it was some That's kind different. of thing. That's different. It was it was called something like replicants or uh, replicas or I don't even know. Uh, I mean, I know Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis wasn't in Total Recall, but yeah. I don't I, You said Bruce Willis and it just reminded me of like Total Recall, not the new one, the old one. Oh yeah, the old with the three boobs. Yeah, much yeah, better. Yeah, with and and Schwarzenegger doing yeah. his best Schwarzenegger. Oh, wait. Wait. Um the listeners are going to hate this, but I have a Schwarzenegger impersonation. This this is Arnold after he's been sucked out of the airlock into Mars and he is suffocating. Ready? <laughs> That's You're welcome. Good. That's Thank you. Good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Now um, we need. Now we need an opportunity for me. So, a couple more callbacks to that first episode, Lee. Let's take a walk down memory lane. Oh, uh, you talked a little it's bit about looking at a high school uh, you and Mike's. Yeah, you and Mike's excursion to uh, the Hopkinsville Goblin site. Did I really talk about that? Yeah, Man, just I a just little bit. I just threw everything at the wall. Yeah, you guys, you guys just touched on it a little bit in that first episode. Okay. Um, and and now that we've done uh, an episode, Blue Grass and Green Men, which has gotten a great response. Oh yeah, that's I thought good. it'd be I thought it'd be great to throw back to that. I thought it was a a cool fun story. Okay. And it it's kind of neat how uh, some of these et stories have seeped their way into the popular culture you guys talked about close encounters a little bit and et mm-hmm. and obviously the barney and betty hill story is in like all kinds of pop culture i mean at the x files just everything the whole idea of the gray aliens um yeah. so so yeah it's it's crazy how people pick up on this stuff and how it kind of becomes something else, which is a pretty good analogy for what we're doing. Yeah, it, it, I, I guess it is. Man, the biggest thing I remember from that trip in particular is just the, first of all, stuffing Mike into my tiny little car I had at the time was beautiful. Like, I'm not saying Mike is a big guy, but Mike is, you know, if you imagine, like, a butcher in, like, 1895, like, that's kind of what Mike, a big bearded guy, like. (laughs) Big old meat hooks for hands. Yeah, like, just, like, a big guy, like, (laughs) probably, you know, not super tall, probably six foot two or so, but barrel chested, right? And he stuffs himself down into a Honda Fit and, um. Just for reference, a Honda Fit is about the size of a, a you know, like an extra large tuna can. <laughs> like, like maybe like uh, three high school lockers, not the long ones, the half size ones. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike squeezed in there right next to me, like his shoulders, like against the window and hitting me in the shoulder. Like, <laughs> poor guy. Like, and we drive yeah, out to, um, we drive out there and, and, and we go into like a little, uh, like a town museum that's closed at the time for renovations, but we managed to talk to some, some lady that looks like a librarian and she tells us the story and we're like, Oh yeah, cool. And she's like, she tells us about the little green men festival that happens out in Kelly. Um, so we're like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go try to find the site. So we go out and we, we wander around for a little while and then we end up finding it. But we're driving down this like main road and we go through this little town that's called Kelly. And we're like, okay, let's cross the tracks right here. So we slow down, we go to make this turn across the tracks, and I, like, stop for a second to, like, check for a train because, you know, there's train tracks. So I, we look over, and there's, like, this kid. Like, it, it couldn't have been more country. Like, you, you know Joe Exotic's boyfriend? What's his name? John? Like, oh, yeah. Ex- with husband That has, like, four teeth in his head? Yeah. So it was, like, him uh-huh. at 10 years old. I, I believe the kid had, like, a full mouth of teeth. But, like, like him... You know, in a wife beater and like basketball shorts, standing there on the tracks. I don't know what he's doing, but he's watching us, like, like really watching us, like, what? like to a. Did he do? Did he do two fingers to his eyes and point like I'm watching you? No, he didn't I'm do two you, fingers. Boy. But like, there was a certain amount of like fear that came into my and Dan or not Dan Day, Mike's like, dude, what the fuck was that? Like. Right. Like, I don't and, know. and the banjo music starts up in the background. Exactly. Nice and slow, right? So yeah. so we you know, we we blow that off. We go down and we go down that little dirt road and we end up finding the place and there's a uh, like a aluminum effigy of a like a space like a you know, flying saucer, your stereotypical nineteen fifty five flying saucer. Right. Awesome. Beautiful. You know, we walk out in the field that hasn't been mowed in like 10 months because they probably only mow it for the festival itself, right? Um, right. You know, came home with probably three or four ticks each. Still haven't found one. Uh, it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and then we head back, right? And on the way back, same kids out there at the same place on the train tracks, right? It's just weird. But only this time he's got a bike. Don't know where the bike came from. I'm assuming he just stole it because like, he's still looking at us like super shady. And that's exactly what we said to each other. We're like, where do you get that bike? And I think Mike said something like, I think he stole it. <laughs> he was probably an avatar for the aliens who are simulating this reality. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, shoot, they're coming back pretend to be a human again i think i had a bike last time <laughs> yeah pretty sure yeah so mm-hmm. it was just it was just a overall weird experience out there it was cool though. like it was cool to go out and actually see the location and just like i don't know what was the most cool about it it was just like a bonding experience for mike and myself it was great yeah well so the last thing that i wanted to touch on lee and i think is a nice quote to leave the listeners with is a quote from you. This is you being super profound okay. on the show. Wow, you that said, was the first. <laughs> I, and the last. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're going to revisit it, because it was that good. Um, you great. said, technology evolves faster than we do. And Honestly, I could not, 
It's so true. It's so sadly true. This world that we live in, um, it it outpaces us so often. Um, oh, by far. All these by technological far. advances, um, the internet, um, nuclear arms, the every you can go back for generations. You know, weapons of war, weapons for or not weapons, tools for communication. Um, they change the world and they outpace people so often. We've become a lot better at adapting to technology. I don't know if you know this, Lee. It took decades for half of Americans to have like a regular telephone in their house or like a color TV and stuff like that. The, the, the adoption of that technology took a very long time. Now, it took just a matter of years before everyone had a cell phone, before everyone had an iPhone. That technology exploded in comparison to previous ones. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. Like that's crazy to think of. Like it was so like difficult to get back in the day to get a television, the radio uh-huh. and stuff uh-huh. like that, but now now the latest iPhone comes out and everybody's got to get it. Like, exactly. Freaking A, like, man. It- People weren't lining up in the 1890s when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone like, oh, I got to get me one of those. There weren't millions of them readily available for people to purchase. And the infrastructure to use it didn't exist. So it's it's amazing how much the world has changed since then. Um, And we are changing, but... I don't know. Maybe the technology is changing us. I mean, is, is this is, this is crazy to think about? Actually, I read something the other day, and I I don't know where it came from, but it literally did like explain that technology is changing us. Um, for example, in our bone structure of our pelvis, because of the way that we tend to sit more often than we did in history oh yeah now i think i had seen some stuff on that i kind of remember that um, um and the I... structure of our jaws are yeah much less robust than they were um in prehistoric times mm-hmm. so th- they it, it is to a certain extent evolving us or changing us yeah yeah it's crazy i thought i saw some of that the one about sitting might have been slightly debunked but our jaws that is like 100 percent real so yeah i mean we are we've been changing for a long time but think about how quickly we can advance technologically now and this is one of the arguments people have made for the notion that this could be a simulation Um, As computer technology advances almost exponentially, the thought that we could get to this supercomputing place and make a simulation possible isn't that far-fetched. But humans, we do not evolve exponentially. (laughs) You're talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of years of evolution uh, from when we diverged with our common ancestors, with the other apes. I mean, it's... It's absolutely insane. So we're changing on like physically on an almost geological time scale, whereas technology advances at a much, much more human rate. More human rate? Yeah, uh, more understandable to a human in their lifetime. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And our society evolves, uh, you know, 
society's changed dramatically, but can it keep pace with, you know, the technology that we're coming out with? It has yeah. so far. We haven't killed ourselves, but I mean. Oh, that, we came pretty that, close in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Wild and crazy, man. So that's Lee's, that's Lee's super profound quote of the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the end of my callbacks, man. Do you got any other thoughts on the simulation hypothesis? No, I, I do have a thought on the show in general. Like, this is our first callback show to where we're looking at an older show. One from before you were on the uh, on the show, but not just that one from like very early in in our um, in our in our process and seeing where I was then compared to where I am now is is quite a bit different than what I was than what I am now and how the show was going it started out as a uh, well it started out as one thing and it's evolved into something completely different and I love where it is yeah man and you know what I really was excited to do this callback because uh, I loved that show I had some very strong opinions on it and I wanted to bring uh, my thoughts to it so I was really glad that we could go back and do it again nice we're gonna have to do it more often actually so yeah I mean there's a couple there's definitely enough Bigfoot stories out there I've been keeping some in my back pocket that who knows maybe next season I'll be able to get recorded some special Bigfoot content exclusive that I'm trying to work on ooh he's saving it I just throw it at you I don't care I'll come up with more Lee Lee just puts it all out there man just lets it all hang out slap it on the table his magical force prescient testicles that he's got uh, he just lays it all out there. He can see it all. So. Wow, Lee. Wow. Oh, man. Dude. Oh, I'm sorry. That hurt. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, Lee, uh, since you can see the future, why don't you uh, sign off for us? Well, it's been real. It's been fun. Um, It's actually been real fun. So, guys, thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening. And as always, keep your eyes out there beyond terrestrial. Thank you for listening to Beyond Terrestrial Podcast. You can check us out on Apple Pod, Google Play, and other major podcast platforms. And if you want to keep up with the show goings on, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Beyond T Pod. That's Beyond the Letter T Pod. And as always, you can get all of that information as well as show notes and episodes as they come out on BeyondTerrestrial.com. That's right, we got the .com. And if you want to help out the show, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or a like and a review wherever you listen to Beyond Terrestrial.
You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.